0: Climate 200 is almost a buzzword these days after it entered the daily vernacular during the federal election and paved the way for the march of the Teal independence. The campaign funding organisation was hoping it would produce a similar result in last year's Victorian state election, but the Teal wave was barely a trickle in november with no climate 200 backed candidates winning a seat despite this climate 200 is hoping to take seats in the new south wales parliament in next month's election simon holmes of court is the convener of climate 200 welcome to you simon thanks for having me on on the program andy what lessons what salient lessons came out of the victorian election for your organization
1: well, there lots of, there's lots of good news, actually, in the results at the Victorian election. I mean, politics is a brutal game where you don't get a prize for coming second. But in three of the four campaigns, we supported the independent missed out by um, only hundreds of votes. So uh, it came very close. They were very short campaigns. They were uh, only three-month campaigns and people were tired after the federal election, the, the, um, the folks on the ground who put these campaigns together. And remember, they started started with nothing, uh, start with 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 no money, uh, and they're very new organisations. Many of these uh, uh, groups have been around for uh, less than less than 12 months, and they're up against opponents that are in organisations that are 70, 80 years old, um, uh, and uh, have received significant funding. Um, that was one of one of one of the one of the big issues in Victoria. Is 100 million dollars worth of public funding goes to uh, to elections or uh, goes goes to boosting the profile of candidates in over each electoral cycle, and uh, those coming from outside the system are entitled to zero. So um, it, that publicly funded war was tough, and that's certainly an issue in Victoria where there's um uh, an even bigger war, one hundred and eighty million dollars worth of public funding, goes to support the political process, not a of it available to uh, those coming in.
0: The New South Wales government uh, plans to slash greenhouse gas emissions by 70% by 2035 and says if it's re-elected, it will ban offshore coal, gas, mineral and petroleum production. I mean, how, how does this affect the chances of teal independence in next month's election? Certainly in the federal election, there was much more climate ambition to, uh, to express. I mean, whose, whose camp, very campaign platform is on climate, you know, and, and, and still being relevant?
1: Yeah, so so the New South Wales government talks a big game, and and I've got to give them credit for what they do in the um, in the energy sector. And the renewable, the renewable energy sector has uh, has been Australia leading. But uh, on the flip side, or if you if if you zoom out and look at the climate record, we've got a state that uh, has approved twenty six coal and gas projects since the Paris Agreement was was signed. And while they're um, very concerned about the political blowback on this um, PEP 11 offshore. Oil and gas project—it's uh, it's full steam ahead on the Narrabri gas field and putting the, uh, the gas pipeline through the Liverpool Liverpool Plains. So it seems to be one rule for those who have ocean uh, views and another rule for those who live in rural areas. Uh, and when we look at uh, the endangerment of koala habitats and uh, the Warragamba Dam and. World heritage site um, with you know significant flora and fauna values but also hundreds of uh, of, of indigenous um, uh, sites of cultural significance uh, there's there's certainly a um, quite a dark side of, uh, of of the New South Wales government that the independents are campaigning make sure people know that uh, you know, there's there's a long way to go and and, and um, quite a you know there's Clear, clear space from where these candidates sit and where the government sits on, on oil and gas.
0: Nevertheless, I mean, you're going to have to overcome the challenge of optional preferential voting in, in New South Wales. What's your strategy there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a fascinating one, optional preferential voting in New South Wales. And Tob was was originally brought in uh, to, to, um, uh, to split the vote uh, in the coalition to make sure that uh, when when you have uh, liberals and Nationals in the same seat, reduce the chance of uh, of them getting ahead of 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 Labor. Yeah, every one of these reforms, as they as they're called, generally has a backstory of why it was brought in. And in New South Wales, uh, a, a lot of voters will put a one in there in in the box of the candidate they want to win, and and no further, as as they're allowed to do. Unfortunately, what that means is that a lot of people will be effectively throwing away their vote if the if the box, um, if the candidate they put a one in doesn't, yeah, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't do it well enough on the first round, they'll absolutely be silenced. So, one of the jobs the independents have to do in in New South Wales is is uh, convince voters to number every box. That'll be be one of one of the messages I'm sure we'll be hearing more and more of is is uh, to not be silenced by optional preferential voting. <laughs>
0: The other comparison you could make between the federal election and the New South Wales state election is, uh, apart from climate change ambition, is also integrity. Obviously, the Teals federally were quite strong in integrity and pushing for a federal corruption watchdog. The state of New South Wales does have one, ICAC. Uh, If the Teals are elected next month, what policy changes or what priorities will they have?
1: Well, each of them has their own policy platform. Um, climate 200 is supporting them because we uh, we're convinced that they're strong on, uh, on 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 climate, on integrity, and on gender equity, and, and those three issues have um, significant analogs at the at the state level. So, it really, it's a, it's a matter for each of them on on integrity, but I, you know I'll I'll note that. Uh, the the two major parties have significant you know, significant integrity issues have been um, continuously uncovered. If we think of the um, uh, the rorts and the uh, the issues that are before the um, New South Wales ICAC, that uh, we won't hear the results of until after the election. But we um, uh, we we know from some of the testimony that there's been a a, a culture of spending. Um, you know, p- public money for electoral purposes, which um, some people call riots, but I would call corruption.
0: If you just tuned in, it's quarter past four on RN Drive. Simon Holmes at Court is the convener of Climate 200. We're talking about, uh, amongst other things, the upcoming New South Wales state election. Uh, let's, let's cross to Victoria, though, because the, the federal seat of Aston being uh, vacated by former coalition minister Alan Tudge is facing a by-election. Is there a teal candidate running there?
1: So we're not we're not aware of any community initiatives that are um, that are up and going and intending to con- contest. Well, the way the way we work at uh, Climate 200 is we we sit back and wait for the community initiative to rise. It it, it would never work for uh, for a group to come in and try to set up an independent campaign. It has to start from the local level, and indeed that's what happened in every one of the uh, 23 candidates that we supported at the federal election. So. What we would say is, if there, you know, if there are groups out there you know, uh, in in Aston who are keen to run an independent candidate, they really have to get their skates on, um, and uh, you know they they would need to show that they have organisational capacity, that they can find someone with sufficient profile, and uh, and and go for it. It's not impossible for independents to win by-elections. Karen Phelps did it in New South Wales in 2018. Uh, Dr. Karen Phelps. Um, Obviously, she started with some profile, but very talented and committed people around her in Wentworth, and were able to take that to a win uh, at the the Wentworth by-election. So, it's absolutely possible, but the community would have to step forward, and they'd have to step forward in in the very near future.
0: Just lastly, we're almost out of time. I do want to ask you about the federal government making it clear it wants to have a conversation about changing our superannuation system. Should superannuation balances be capped, in your view?
1: I think the, the the purpose of superannuation is to provide a dignified retirement not not as a fancy estate planning tool um, and I, I think that uh, for for too, you know too many uh, it, it, it has morphed into that so I, I welcome a conversation about uh, about the affordability of it but look I'm I'm not an expert on superannuation uh, and I'm not a politician and um, and I think we should you know I, I I don't I think we should leave it to them. I, I don't intend to be either of, those, either of those things.
0: We'll have to leave it there. Simon Holmes-A-Court, the convener of Climate 200, thanks for your time this afternoon. Thank you very much.